Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Hey guys, welcome back. Another episode of the 704 cast. It's uh, Matt, Corey, and Wes with you guys again this week. Um, we're about two weeks out from the season now. So we've got uh, some news actually starting to pick up. Um, we got the season right here getting ready to start. Um, so we're about two weeks out from training camp. So what we're going to do this week is just kind of take a look at the offensive side of the ball and see how we think things are going to at least open up with a depth chart uh, as things get started in Spartanburg. Uh, here in just a couple weeks. Um, so we'll try to break down what we think is uh, the depth chart's going to look like going into camp, who we think might uh, have a breakout camp, um, and maybe just talk about what you can expect out of some of the guys this season. Um, Corey and Wes, how are you guys doing? Um, lovely this Saturday morning. Um, trying to recover from some festive libations last night, but you know, I'm here smiling, got my Roaring Right shirt on. Finally, that, that was an awesome package that came in the mail, by the way. So, shouts out, Roy and Wright. You're always doing doing the damn thing. Love the shirts this year. So, but yeah, excited to be here. Excited, excited. This awful dead season is almost over, and we can get into training camp and get this season kicked off and rolling. Yeah, um, ready for the season to start. Excited for training camp to get started so that we have some some actual tangible football to to kind of talk about and and look at and see some see some videos of it's it's always fun to to have the training camp darlings that we fall in love with that are french roster players the guys that just this just show out um i think we've talked in a previous episode who who i think that might be this year um we can we can talk about that a little later when we get talking about the the position depth charts. I'll mention that, mention that later, but yeah, just, just really excited for the season. I think uh, a whole lot more excited than I was going into last year, just with the, the, the defense getting older and, and more talented as well. And then the offense um, really starting to come together. And, and when, with, with the pieces to be, to be pretty, pretty good in my opinion, especially if the offensive line holds up, um, you put that with, with Joe's Joe Brady's offense, that, that, I mean, we could we could see a pretty solid season this year, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I think too something that can't be understated is how excited I am to actually have fans back. You know, 2020 was rough for all of us, but you know, I've been you know watching the finals and the playoffs and the NBA that have had these packed houses, and 
it, it just makes it's such a difference, man. And I just can't wait to, to see a full Bank of America Stadium again, man. And that's going to be absolutely amazing and something that, you know, a year ago, who, who thought we would be here at this point, man? It was like it was never going to freaking end. So I'm excited for this season. I'm definitely a lot more excited for this season than I was last season. I think we've said it to the, you know, we've exhausted that, how how much more excited we are that we don't have Teddy Bridgewater here now. And we actually have something that, um, something different and new to look forward to. So um, let's get into it, guys. Yeah, that's obviously the the thing. You, when you look at this depth chart, you're happy to see no Teddy Bridgewater listed there under QB. So that's automatically going to make you feel a little bit better. But looking at the, the training camp, obviously the one position group that stands out the most as far as where there could be the most movement and where the most uncertainty is, is uh, offensive line. It's kind of been a theme for the last few years. Um, kind of been beating a dead horse over and over. So I guess we'll probably start there. That's that's probably going into training camp where you you'll see the most competition. Uh, even some of the uh, undrafted guys, you know, you can't you can't not count them out as far as winning a starting spot, um, especially you know, with nothing uh, really given. Nobody really penciled in other than Moten and I. I mean Paradis, um, but David Moore is somebody that you know to to look at um, as an undrafted guy not to count out. Um, Cam Irving, Pat Elfline. John Miller, uh, Dennis Daly, Greg Little, uh, Deontay Brown. I know I'm probably missing one more, but those are some names that, you know, to really pay attention to and, and follow this battle as it, as it goes on um, each week because there's so many different outcomes and so many different situations of where things can unfold. Um, you could have Dennis Daly at left tackle. You could have him at guard. You could have Cam Irving at left tackle. You could have Brady Christensen at left tackle. Uh, if miracles happen, you could have Greg Little uh, at left tackle. Um, I don't really think that Greg Little is going to be on this roster uh, by the end of the preseason. But, hey, stranger things have happened. Um, maybe the guy's been been doing something uh, to improve his game this offseason. But Dennis Davis kind of been the guy who's been Matt Rule's, um, I guess, high-praised guy on the offensive line, at least this offseason. Um, he's just kind of said all the right things about him um, with OTAs, talked about how he had a great summer, um, how he's had a great uh, had a great mini camp. Um, guys, what do you think going into uh, the preseason, going into training camp? How do you have our offensive line shaking out going into preseason? And what do you think is the ultimate outcome uh, for how that looks going into week one potentially um, at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, you talked about it, and I've talked about it ad nauseum this offseason, how important the offensive line is. Our team's going to go as this offensive line goes. You know, Sam Darnold's going to go as this offensive line goes. You can be amazing. You know, we, we see what happens in you know Houston with Deshaun. You know, you could have be absolutely amazing quarterback, but if you don't have an offensive line up front protecting you, you're, you're going to have nothing. And I'm not going to say that the Panthers have a great offensive line yet. We don't know how it's going to shake out, but – the, the, the thing I do like about this offseason that we've at least given ourselves options at that position, and that's 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 really a good situation to be in is to have a multitude of guys that you can, you know, if somebody goes down, you have somebody to step up, you have different combinations you can try. And uh, as anything, it's just going to take time once we find that combination for these guys to gel. I think it all starts with the hinge points left tackle. Um, 
I see Dennis Daly, in my personal opinion, is going to start out at the left tackle position. I think that's where they're going to pencil him in at training camp. And I honestly think it's going to be Dennis Daly's to lose. Um, and Dennis Daly had did nothing but but it show out and impress when when he got his opportunities, um, you know, previously. So his to lose, and I think you're going to have a big competition between him and um, like like you said earlier, you know, um, Cam Irving probably. Um, and I've come around the more I've read and the more research I've done on Cam Irving. I think I understand the whole signing now. It's just a versatile guy. He can plug at different positions. And there was an article that came out, the Dallas Insider, you know, in five games with the Cowboys where he wasn't hurt because that's a big thing with Cam Irving is staying healthy. In five games played, he allowed just one sack and eight total pressures per pro football focus. And you put that in perspective, that's a, a pressure on just a little over 5% of the snaps. So when healthy, he's shown an ability to at least play and be a body. So um, that left tackle position is going to be the key to the entire offensive line. You've heard these rumors. Have you guys seen these rumors about trying, you know, I, I, there's starting to be more talk about Moten going over to the left side. Um, what do you guys think about that? Like, Personally, if he's the best player at that position, I had no problem with it. And then sliding Brady to right tackle, which apparently that's what they see him as, is a right tackle, which makes me question the draft choice just a little bit. I, um, uh, man, I, we, I feel like we've had this issue before. I mean, with Daryl Williams, we try to move him around from right side to left side. And it just didn't work out. So if the guy's been good on the right side, and obviously he's an all pro, leave him over there at the right side. Don't don't bring him to the left because you know, Corey, you played offensive line in high school, um, and you can kind of speak this a little bit more about how different it is, you know, with the translation of moving from right side to left side, and and with footwork, uh, blocking techniques. Um, there's more that goes into it than just making a simple switch from one side to the other, right? Yeah, I hear that, and it, and it is a big switch. You know, it's it's changing everything. It's changing how you set. It's changing what foot you kick off of. It's a whole change. But we have seen him play well on the left side. You know, he started out. What was it? You know, he played against the Cowboys week one. He was a yeah. left tackle. Uh, so I think in that preseason he played left tackle as well, and and, and did extremely well. So you know, if it's something. I was just curious, uh, uh, you know, as I've been hearing more and more about it, you know, and I know that Matt Rule is never going to be like, oh, yeah, we're moving over to the left side. This is just, you know, blah, 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 blah. I understand all that. It's just fodder in the offseason. But I think there could be some real value to it. If he can play left tackle, and we all know he wants to get paid, probably like a left tackle, you see these crazy contracts that are getting thrown out to these right tackles. So, if you're going to pay him that money anyway, I don't understand not seeing what you have in the, in him as a left tackle. If he can be the best left tackle on the team, move him over there, and then Dennis Daly can play right, or Brady Christensen, your rookie, who you said in the past couple of weeks you see more as a right tackle or an elite guard. Makes all sense in the world to me, but I'm, I don't get paid to make these decisions. So... Um, I do think that if Taylor switched over to left tackle, that we could have something there. But, again, this is just off-season 
training camp, pre-training camp fodder. So, right, uh, and I'm I'm fine with you know seeing what you have and experimenting with that in training camp. Don't go into you know preseason and still you know float somebody back and forth between the left side and right side. I mean, we're looking at our one stable our franchise offensive lineman um put them on the tackle side i mean like i said right side left side it doesn't matter whatever's going to help it help us out long term um i, I think that what you said is, is accurate i i'm going into the to the preseason i have it the same way i think daily starts at left tackle um just because it's such an important position and with how well he supposedly has looked um i think that that's where he's at least starting out and then like I said, it, there's just so many interchangeable options. I mean, you could literally have one of the three or four guys at left tackle. I mean, I didn't even mention Trent, Trent Scott, uh, potentially. So you can have four guys at left tackle. At left guard, you can have three or four guys, probably four. Um, right guard, you can have three, most likely. Um, you know, the, we're switching inside the guards, you know, I – I, I think that the, the best spot for Cam Irving is left or right right guard, either one. I, I, don't, I just don't want him at a tackle. You know what I'm saying? That's not where I want to be. Um, I do think that starting out, though, that it's Pat Elfline's job to lose. I mean, you don't pay him that money to, to, be, a, to be a swing backup piece. So I think it's his job to lose one of the two guard positions. Um, and then, you know, Johnny Miller can't forget about him man he, yep. he, he balled out I mean he played really really well last year so um this is a good problem to have though you know um all these options on the offensive line so uh, it's going to be crazy how it shakes out yeah and talking about Moten at left tackle I think with how much money they're no they know they'll have to pay him if they do pay him they're they're just I, I think they're just trying it uh just kind of like one of those things it's like let's let's see let's see if 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 we are gonna pay him all this money, can he be that cornerstone left tackle? Um, I think ultimately he'll end up back at right tackle, and I also think ultimately we pay him. I don't see how we can let him walk. I really don't. Um, but I don't. I just don't think with how elite he has been at right tackle, I don't. I don't see. I don't see the rationale for doing it. Just don't. Don't mess up what you've got there at right tackle. You, you've got a all NFL tackle. Leave, leave him be. Don't mess with it. Yeah. And Let's as far on. as the the rest of the line, and, and then Paradis, I think Paradis, like you said, is the other the other chalked in starter. Um, I think those two, they're not going, they're not going to lose that job, but. We'll, like y'all are talking about with the other three spots, I've got seven possible guys across the other three spots on my list. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, that, that if anything, that's going to be fun to watch. So, Yeah, and, and like we kind of talked about before, but the best way to kind of solve our offensive line issues is just keep throwing bodies at it and see what sticks. I mean, it's not the best idea in the world, but at this point in time and, and kind of where we're at, I think that that makes the most sense um, to figure out what combination works well uh, and at least have some options instead of turning defensive tackles into offensive linemen. And we've seen how that worked out. Right. Absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, you, you look too. we talked about Paradis being a penciled in guy. Yeah, he absolutely is for this year, but you know, his 
I think his contract's up at the end of the year. So you get somebody like, you know, David Moore, the offensive lineman, David Moore, some work at guard this year, some work in training camp. Um, and that can be a seamless transition next year. And, you know, we can start gelling together as a, as a, as a group going forward. So again, it's, they've put themselves in a good position, um, with all these young guys we have <clears throat> on the offensive line moving forward. Um, my final like projection again for going into training camp and how we start the season, um, unless, again, of course, you, you can't count out injuries, but I think that Dennis Daly wins the left tackle spot in camp. Um, Cam Irving, one of the guards, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know which one. One of the guards, Pat Elfline, one of the guards, unfortunately, Matt Paradis and Taylor Moe. Um, and then it's just going to be a plethora of these young guys, you know, and, and maybe one of them does step up and have an amazing camp and wows the staff and shows that they're ready to step in day one and be a starter. But I see us leaving training camp with some combination of those five guys as the starting offensive line. It's not too far off. Um, I've got at left tackle. I've got kind of a slash. I've got Daly and Irving. Who uh, I think I think if Daly wins, if Daly wins it, I think Irving slides inside, yeah. and and probably vice versa. Vice versa. One of if, if one of them wins that, if they feel like one of them's more equipped for left tackle versus guard, they'll. That's probably your left tackle left guard combo there to start the season, whichever they feel is more uh, equipped to to take on tackle. Um, at center, I've got Paradis. That one's pretty easy. At right guard, that's where uh, I've got Johnny Miller. Uh, I know they paid Elfon that money. I think that was kind of an insurance policy more than anything, just for bodies. Elfon's not good. <laughs> I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you are right, and he's not good. He's not. He's so. he's a body and a, and a veteran, and I'm sure he knows a lot. For these young guys, he's probably going to be a great veteran to have around for them. Just, just, just as a, an NFL veteran, that's good for that's good for young guys to, to learn from. Um, and then, obviously, at right tackle, I have Moten. That that's my starting five going in. Um, I'm going to preface that by saying I think a rookie ends up starting and winning a job from at some point for the for the rest of the season. So you've got Brady, some Brady Brown or more somewhere, one of them is going to win a job. I think Brown is the least likely until he gets his weight under control. Um, but if he can get his weight under control, he'll be a guard for us at some point in the future. I really do think so. And the thing, too, that you always have to remember is someone along the offensive line is going to get hurt at some point in the, in, in the season. I mean, it is so rare – that you make it all the way through a season with the same starting five for every game. It's just, it's such a grind. It's such a bloodbath every Sunday in those trenches. So and eventually somebody's either going to get nicked up, miss a game or, you know, whatever. So you're going to see different combinations this year. Um, but I can't say it enough again that uh, I'm impressed if nothing else, with the options that they've given themselves with bodies um, and people to be excited about. Like, I'm very excited about David Moore. Uh, we talked about him, I think, Matt, you talked about him pre-draft. And yep. then, you know, 
when we when we got him un, in, undrafted, I was thrilled. Uh, I'm very excited about him. I don't think, you know, day one he's ready to start. Like, same with Deontay. You know, I don't think Deontay's day one ready to be an NFL guard. But these are guys that you can bring in, you can develop, and if they need to fill in, then you're getting them that live experience, and that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for going forward is to get these guys experience and and to develop some sort of chemistry uh, on this offensive line. Because that, And that's another big thing, man. It's chemistry. If any of you played offensive line, chemistry is so huge. Like you want to trust the guy next to you. You want to, you know, you want to trust both the guys next to you if you're playing inside. So chemistry is huge. And let's I hope that that this experimenting or if there is some sort of experimenting, I hope it doesn't spill over into the season. I would like to get the line established in training camp and then just roll with it and, and, and let them develop. So Yeah, it'd be nice to have some some continuity. Right. on the offensive line going into the season, you know, things not changing. We're not moving a bunch of people around, um, at least opening up. I think I'm kind of, you know, a mix between you guys. I, I would think daily wins left tackle. You go Cam Irving, left guard, Paradis at center. Uh, I'll go Johnny Miller, right guard, and then Taylor Moten, right tackle. I, I think the the guard positions, like I said, are the two where you'll see a lot of moving pieces, um, at least probably in training camp, you'll probably see it maybe a few different looks um, with the first team and then maybe even the first couple preseason games uh, as well. Uh, I know Corey, it's uh, just a thought of Deontay uh, at right guard with Tommy Trimble in the backfield, uh, both blocking for McCaffrey. Um, (laughs) I think that gets you anybody excited. God help whoever stands in front of that. That, That's just, that sounds all uh, incredible. And, and like I said, if, if Deontay can get his weight under control, I am very excited about him in the future, but he's got what 30 pounds, 20, 20, 30 pounds to drop off to be effective. I think they said he came in at like he was 341 or something like that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure that's going to be a big first day topic of training camp is what what he weighs when that, when he shows up. So rule said, Watch. And in that in that same, I think I read that same article that said he came in at 341. Rule said a number they would like for him to be at, but they said they're also going to run some, t- they run body composition tests and see what the ideal weight for someone's, for people are. And said, they just said he may be a 320 player. Like that, that just may be what he is based on all the tests they run. But I think, if I remember correctly, I think they said 310 was closer to what they wanted to get him to. I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's a massive man, and to, to be get down to three ten. I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, that's that's great shape. If they can somehow pull that off, I mean, you know, he look at you watch him, and you know, he was. I don't think I think he was in the three forties at Bama, and you look at the way he moves for being three hundred forty pounds, and it's like fucking freight train. If you could, if you could get those thirty pounds off of him, imagine how, like yeah. the 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 quickness that he would probably add to his game, um, on top of still being an absolute mountain of a human being. Yeah, hundred percent. So, that's something I can't wait. I can't. I, that is one thing. Like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching and monitoring that whole first day of training camp. Is what does he weigh? Yeah, so. And and Matt, you mentioned something that you think guard is going to be the, the where where a lot of the the, the kind of revolving door happens. I hope when they decide who the left tackle is, they just leave it be um, for, for a while, at least injuries aside that they just let it, let it, let it ride and let that person kind of 
A, gain some confidence and B, gain some just reps out there, whoever it is with this, with this line and, and just stay out there. Um, Cause I don't, I don't want left tackle to end up being a revolving door. No. And the good news is for whoever it is, you know, you look at the schedule and we have a nice first quarter of the season. I have a really, really good opportunity for someone to, you know, take it slow. I mean, starting out with the jets, obviously you know, that's, that's not, that's not too, too daunting too daunting of a task. So um, whoever it is is going to have a good first four games that they can kind of slowly but surely you know, wean themselves into the position. So, Yeah. We sit here and talk about all these options, but, I mean, we could literally be sitting here uh, halfway through or, or towards the end of training camp, and Trent Scott is a starting left tackle, either right. because of injuries or, you know, he just stepped up and won the job. Because that – Unfortunately, three out of the four options, well, three out of the five options, I guess, um, at left tackle have injury history. Um, you know, Daly has his his issue. Greg Little has his issue. Uh, Cam Irving um, ha- has had injury problems in the past. So it's a big list of injury problems. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, these guys uh, get concussions like they're nothing, but I mean, they're nothing to play around with. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of a lot of different outcomes. So we'll see how things shake out. Uh, like I said, we, we're just kind of wanting continuity and just, um, you know, a sense of, of what this thing's going to look like pretty early on and hope it stays that way. And we're tired of having a revolving door at left tackle. Um, I think the the other position that's probably our deepest going into camp is probably receiver. Um, yeah. So that's probably where we can we can shift a little bit to now. Um, obviously, the first two um, spots are taken. You're looking at DJ uh, and then Robbie. You now we signed David Moore. Uh, the Seattle wide receiver this offseason, who's likely going to open up things um, in the uh, three spot for a uh, receiver. Um, I don't know if he'll probably shift more to the, probably be the outside guy and move Robbie a little bit more to the inside on the slot. Uh, Robbie did play a, a good amount from slots uh, last year. And then you'll kind of have him, uh, David and Terrace um, battle for that uh, number three spot going into camp. Then you're looking at Zilstra and Omar Bayless most likely um, to kind of round things out there. Those are, unless I'm missing somebody in the back of my mind, those are the uh, guy, well, Shy Smith, I guess you can throw him in there as well. So those three guys um, trying to round out that fourth uh, spot. So what are you guys thoughts on at least probably David Moore through uh, Shy Smith, Omar Bayless? Um, who, is there anybody that may break out this camp? Um, what are your expectations um, going into this and how do you see things shaking out? Yeah, I mean, David Moore, I think, obviously, is going to at least start camp as the number three. Okay, he had – he's coming off a year where he had 35 receptions and five touchdowns on an offense with D.K. Metcalf and you know, Tyler Lockett. So, that's not nothing to sneeze at. I mean, it's not like, you know, oh, whatever, you know, it's 35 receptions and five touchdowns, but you look at the the target share on that offense, it's, it's that's pretty, pretty, pretty good company he was with, so – um, I think unless Terrace just comes in and just like you know wows everybody and just clearly establishes himself in camp, then that David Moore is going to start off as that as that three. And you we're looking at replacing you know Curtis, and he had 850 yards and you know four touchdowns last year. So it's not a huge chunk to replace. Um, I think that's going to get spread out. And I like what you said about moving Robbie inside. Um, but 
I, I wouldn't be so quick to say that because you look at the rapport that Sam and Robbie already have when he was in New York playing on the outside, you know, they, they balled. So 11 touchdowns, that's, that's, that's big. So the receiving, the receiving core is going to be an interesting battle. And I think we all know DJ, Robbie, those are your, you know, one and two guys. And then it's just going to be a, a battle for that three and then targets after that, because um, somebody that, you may, you guys may know, you may have heard of Christian McCaffrey. You know, he's going to get his 80 to 100 receptions this year. So, back again. So Yeah, they're not pulling him off the field. His snap percentage is not going down before that becomes a topic. Year, and they say, we got to get him less snaps. Yeah, we got to get him less snaps. And then you get into the game and it's like, shit. <laughs> we have to. I think they'll get him less touches, though. It may not be less snaps, but I think they're going to be creative with where they line him up and where they use him, and especially with Chuba and, and Reggie and a deep backfield back there. I think they can be creative with where they line him up, and he doesn't have to touch the ball every play. Like, you know, I'll believe it when I see it uh, <laughs> in terms of touches because, you know, I, but, I mean, I understand if you're an offensive coordinator and you need, you know, five yards, it's – easy let's go christian mccaffrey a texas route and, and let him work you know i mean so it's like a built-in cheat code obviously you know i don't have any qualms with that um but yeah i hope i i hope you are correct wesley i hope that they they bring those touches down just slightly yeah. um all right i'll uh, i'll give what i kind of think about the receiving court so obviously dj wide receiver one, Robbie, wide receiver two. I think Terrace wins wide receiver three. I think he does come in and wow. I think the familiarity with Brady's offense, I just, I think the talent, the first round talent, every everything about him, I think he's going to come in and just, just win that job and um, ultimately be wide receiver two going into next year with, I don't think they're going to re-sign Robbie. I think, I think he's just setting himself up to be that wide receiver two going into next year. David, I think Dave, I think we'll run plenty of, of full wide receiver sets. Uh, so, so more David Moore will get his get his snaps, and and obviously he'll he'll give breathers to the other three at times. Um, and then to round out the receiving core, you'll have, like Matt said, Zilstra, um, Omar Bayless, and I think I think Shaw will get a spot as a, a, a punt returner, kick returner, and he'll be that um, kind of breaking case of emergency slot guy. Um, and, and then we'll get some snaps probably in some certain sets where they need the speed, the, um, the versatility of him. And, and that's, that's kind of how I see the, the, the full receiving core shaking out. So yeah. And it's, I think it's also dependent on like how many, how many, how many receivers do we keep? Yeah. yeah and I think if, if we, if we keep one less, I think, Probably, I mean, you're you're looking at Bayless or Zilstra falling off because I think Shy gets the spot based on punt return, kick return. Yeah, I 100% agree with that, and I think that's that's where it should be. Honestly, you drafted him to I think be the punt returner, kick returner, and hope that he's got receiver upside. Yeah, um, as, as far as returners go, you're probably looking at Reggie or Shy coming out of that and, and winning those. Uh, winning kick, kick returner and, and then one of them winning uh, the punt returner. At least that's what I would like to happen. One of those two guys um, be, be a playmaker out back there. But as far as what you guys said about receiver, 
Uh, I probably am more along with Corey as far as David uh, being the, the three guy and then Terrace pushing him late for that position. It's just going to be nice to have a, a lot of speed on the field. Or if we want to transition that to height in the red zone, uh, we have those options too. I and mean, this is the first time in a while that we've been able to have some interchangeable parts. Um, so those those are things that I, I'm interested to see, especially you know how Terrace and David shake out because you know what one and two is going to get you. Uh, Omar Bayless had a, had a great camp last year um, mm-hmm. and was a name you you consistently heard every single day uh, until he uh, ultimately got hurt and, and missed the season. So I'm interested in seeing what he, what he's what he can do this uh, this season, at least this camp, um, because he's not a guy who's going to blow you away with speed. But he was a guy who just kept making play after play and doing the, the little things last year. Um, and Zilstra got in the game last year and had correct me if I'm wrong, but almost a hundred yard game. Um, uh, late in the season so I know, I know he's a guy um his story's pretty cool but um he's a guy who is uh, trying to make the roster again for the third third year i believe so um uh, but i think shy's his his immediate role for playing time is going to be returner um and then like you said west just kind of being uh the emergency slot guy um uh, to kind of fill in when we have injuries or um whatever the case may be but well, Zilstra had three receptions for 35 yards. Sorry. <laughs> was that it? Yeah, I know. Okay. I, thought, I thought it was more than that too, but I think maybe I it was the, maybe it was the year before. Maybe it was one of the late Kyle Allen games. Maybe I, I, I distinctly remember that too. Man. Yeah, I, you're I, not crazy. I know what you're talking about, but I just got it here in front of me. I'm like four for 35. I was like, <sighs> and I think if if I had to knock one off, I think it probably would be Zilstra. Honestly, uh, there. He's worked really hard, so we're going to give him every opportunity. At least he's not your favorite wide receiver, Corey, from Wofford University. Oh. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to sneak into training camp somehow. Like, we're just going to see he'll be out there, and all of a sudden you're going to see just blonde streaks just sprinting across the field in slow motion. It's like he's back. He doesn't live beside the owner anymore. We're good. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna show up to a training camp with a with a tent. Yeah, he's like hanging outside the training camp with a helmet in his hand. He's like, he's, he's, pulling a, coach? he's pulling a Willie Mays Hayes from Major League where you're not invited. You're just gonna show up and, and crash the camp. For, for anyone confused, we're talking about Brenton Burson. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if any if I'm, I would guess everyone caught that, but I'm just have you ever been so amazed how somebody like. like shouldn't be in a situation just continuously found themselves in a situation over and over and over and over. like he just completely conned an entire NFL franchise into a paycheck for yeah, I mean, again I guess that's what happens when you live beside the live beside the owner he went to his college his yeah. alma mater yeah it's just craziness gotta love Jerry that had to be a stipulation of the sale. What I do want to say about training camp that huh, I am super excited about is the joint practices with the Colts and the Ravens. Man, oh, man. These, this receiving core and this offensive line is going to – we're going to find out exactly what they're made of with those joint practices with the Ravens. Yeah, that, that, that's a good test. Yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. So – Hope they bring, uh, hope they bring their their lunch pails because that's going to get nasty. Yeah, the Colts' uh, defense was pretty damn good last year. Yeah. I know their their front seven is is really good. Um, one of the best in the league. 
um, last year. So interesting to see. I mean, the Colts have a lot of things they need to shake out too. I mean, new quarterback. Um, so be interested to see what happens with Wentz if he can return to at least his uh, prior self or his MVP candidate uh, in 2017-18. One of the two, whenever they won the Super Bowl. So, but this is not a Carson Wentz uh, subject. Anyways. Those one-on-one battles, though, between Robbie, DJ, and Marlon are going to be. Yeah, yeah. And we'll know a little bit more about what we have in Sam, or at least if he's no longer seeing ghosts out there. And I do want to say to the Panthers fans listening, if you get reports that it looked ugly or it looks ugly, you know, the, the Ravens are giving us the business. Number one, it takes offense a little bit more time to gel than defense. Defense is always going to be better in camp. Just how, just how it is. They're always going to be better in camp. Okay. And 2015 Super Bowl year, we had joint practices with the Dolphins in preseason. Remember how bad that went? Mm-hmm. They said that we looked like a Pop Warner team, that the Dolphins had to, to rein their players back in because we were getting beat up so bad. Yeah, well, just don't pay attention to what the fuck you hear coming out of camp, man. When it comes to these joint practices, we're going to look bad. They're going to look bad. It, it is what it is. Tell you with a grain of salt. Now, if it's preseason week three and all the starters are playing and we look like dog shit, then you better uh, <laughs> you better bring your expectations down. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of questions asked uh, to Matt Rule and company because we've seen how those goes before. Um, I think uh, kind of shifting back to the offense again, uh, the one position group where anything could happen, somebody's got to step up here. This is probably where my breakout player is coming from, uh, is going to be the tight end group. So mm-hmm. you're looking at either Ian Thomas has got to make that make that leap. And I know it's either been, you know, the opportunity or just been, you know, he just hasn't put it all together. He has all the physical tools in the world, and obviously the staff is very high on him. But now he has that competition with with Dan Arnold. And then if they decide to shift Trimble, we've, we've talked about this before. We think he's going to open up more in an in H-back role or, you know, be there in the uh, in the backfield with McCaffrey blocking for him in a fullback um, and replacing Alex Arma, who is now a New Orleans Saint. Um, but I think uh, this position where we're replacing Chris Manhurts, he got paid, obviously, to go down to Jacksonville. I didn't understand that move. So if you're going to pay a blocking tight end, uh, receiving tight end money. But What is Urban doing down there, man? He's, he's running a nice camp. He's getting fined. Uh, he's, he's finding out quickly that this isn't Florida or Ohio State. I can't wait for him to have a heart problem here in the next year or so when things don't look too well and he can get out of there. <laughs> like he always, always seems – Seems to do. Running backs when they already have a rookie of the year candidate at running back, but he's playing. He's playing receiver this year. Is what uh, <laughs> Urban wants. To, wants everybody to believe that Travis Etienne is just going to line up in the slot. Sorry, Dan Arnold, Ian Thomas. That's probably how this is going to shake out. Uh, Corey, what do you think? Who do you think takes this, or is this just going to be a, a situational thing? Um, what, what, what do you guys think? I, I mean, yeah, it all boil. It all comes down to what role Tommy Trimble's going to play. Okay, so we I described him like as an H, you know, um, moving around, you know, offset from the line. You can not what you think of like prototypical tight end, but just kind of like a a, a piece to be to be moved around. So 
Um, I'm, I think Matt, you're, you're holding on to Ian Thomas a little more than I am. Um, I just, I, I hear all the tools. I hear all that, but I, number one, I think Dan Arnold is your day one starter. I don't think he gets the job up. Um, probably the whole season. I think that all Dan Arnold does is catch touchdown passes. So I'm excited for him and I'm excited to have, um, his skill set and what he brings back at the tight end position because it was non-existent last year. So, I mean, just non-existent. Like there was, Curtis was our basic, you know, tight end, uh, whatever you want to call it, role. You know, he was our third down guy. So um, I'm excited to have Dan Arnold there. And Tommy Tremble, man, um, I'm excited for that kid. And, um, but again, it's not going to be what you think of as a tight end. He's going to be, in the backfield, he's going to be split out. He's going to be off the line. He's going to be on the line. Uh, he's goal line. I mean, that's he's just a piece, man. He's just a weapon. So, um, I think Ian Thomas might make the team because of that designation of Tommy Trimble. Um, but I think if they slide Tommy Trimble into a tight end, like if you're looking at the roster, the tight end slot, then I think Ian Thomas gets bumped off, and I don't think he makes it out of camp. But who knows? Um, I hope that Ian Thomas has a great camp. I don't, I don't have anything against the kid. I just – I haven't seen it. So. I've got a very different take here. Um, I do still think that Arnold is – Arnold Arnold is one. Oh, and I, I think Arnold is one. Um, I do think Trimble is designated a fullback. Um, but I think Ian – Ian's my breakout candidate. Oh, Ian, Ian's got all the talent. He just has yet to put it together. Um, and, and I didn't want to pick a, a uh, just a cookie cutter breakout candidate. I didn't want to come in here and say that one of the rookies that, that will get, like, I didn't want to say Terrace is going to be my breakout candidate because if Terrace gets the snaps, Terrace is going to be really good. I wanted to, to really stretch here. Um, I think that if given the opportunities, he, Ian knows that his back's against the wall here that they went out and got Dan Arnold. They drafted Tommy Trimble. He's worked hard this off season. He got the Matt rule seal of approval. I think he's going to get opportunities and double tight end sets. He's going to get opportunities to spell Dan, I think. And, and when I say breakout, he's not going to end up being our most productive tight end, but he's going to show that he's an NFL tight end and he's going to, he's going to win snaps and he's going to be good this year. That's that's kind of exactly where I was at, Wes. Um, that, that's my prediction. <laughs> I think I think Ian is the guy with the most pressure on him because we did sign Dan. Dan's not on a one-year deal. He's on a two-year deal. So Ian's going into the last year of his deal. So he he knows that he has to perform. Whether he stays here after this year or he gets a contract elsewhere, he knows that he has to perform. Now, I don't know if last year was a product of him just not performing, um, was a product of – Teddy being Teddy, um, or maybe just that Brady just doesn't focus on the tight end, you know, that much. I mean, I don't necessarily think that I can use that, that scenario because of what he did with uh, Thaddeus Moss at LSU um, and turned him into a legitimate um, touchdown threat. I, uh, Ian's got to, got to make a point early 
in, in training camp to, to say that, you know, he's a different player um, and things have changed a little bit. Um, whether that be like, Hey, I need, you know, the ball more, I need more attention, which he's not going to be in, in this um, offense, but you know, he needs to solidify himself as a solid weapon and somebody that we can depend on. Uh, I think when you look at this offense, the one thing to be excited about is just how many weapons that we have around Sam going into this. Um, we've kind of prepared ourselves. If somebody goes down with the injury that, Hey, next man up. And it's not some, you know, scrub that played D three. Um, you know, these are guys that, that, that played um, division one, uh, you know, power six you know, conference. Um, so that's the big thing that, that I'm taking away for this is that it, it, this is where the, there's going to be some good competition uh, out of this position group going into camp. Um, I, I like what Corey said with, with Dan being, you know, the touchdown guy being um, more uh, red zone, um, as far as catches dependent go. Um, but I, I think the, the pressure's on Ian to, to bust out, um, whether, like I said, whether it's going to be here next year or, or elsewhere, he's got a lot of pressure on him as far as performing and going forward. So I'm going to write that down that both. So I'm writing this down. Both Matt and Wes said Ian Thomas will break out this year. Mark. And, and again, I'm not saying that means he's going to be tied in one. I mean, that just means he's, he shows that he is a, an NFL tight end that he is going to take a legitimate step forward. You know, I hope so. Uh, I, I, I don't, like I said, I'm not rooting against the kid. Uh, I was super excited when we drafted him. Um, so like you said, it's, it's hard to see somebody who has all these tools and then it's like, they just never get it. So I would love for him to the proverbial, you know, get it phase of his career that'd be that'd be super nice and would help us out a lot because you go from having one legitimate tight end to two legitimate tight ends and suddenly you know <laughs> that's a really fun offense to watch so yep and i just have to see it to believe and matt talked about injuries i mean we we haven't we, we we're coming out of a situation where we're an injury away from from man hurts being our 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 pass pass catching tight end and and now if, if ian can take a legitimate step up i mean you're you've got three legitimate tight ends you could probably send out there at, at any given moment and that's that's huge especially uh, i mean i'm not saying the offensive line is going to struggle but if there's a if, we, if we've got a struggling offensive line that tight end is, is a quarterback safety net now, and I think that that is one thing, regardless of who it is, that I would like to see more from Joe Brady in the offense this year is a, a concerted effort to use the tight end position um, like the modern NFL offenses do. Uh, because, like I said, last year we did. It's just, like, I don't know if that was Brady. I don't know if that was Teddy. But we it's just non-existent position. It was just a waste. It was a waste of a it was a waste of an eligible pass catcher last year. So. And I hope that changes. I hope that the off season and like, you know, I don't think we talk enough about how this staff is, you know, is growing with these players. It's developing with these players and tweaks and changes have to be made. And I hope that's one of them. I hope they use the tight end position um, this year a lot more, definitely hell of a lot more than did last year, because again, it's just a waste last year. Look, that was one of the big things last year. I mean, we've talked about this, but, but Teddy was a one read quarterback. I mean, how many times did he look off his first read and, and, and see the field and wait for things to develop? It, hardly ever. 
So as much shit as we've given Mike Shula uh, on this podcast and over the years, the one thing that he did consistently consistently well was draw up plays for for Greg. And now I know it's a little bit different when you have a Pro Bowl tied in and one of the the best of all time out there. But the play concepts, the you know the the rollout tight end screens uh, back across the field, just ways to get um, the ball in your playmakers' hands, and that you know, that's what that's what we want to see this year. I think. I'll be happy if out of this position group, just as a, as a combined stat, if we, if you tell me we can get, you know, close to 800 yards and seven, eight touchdowns out of the tight end position, I think I'm, I'm ecstatic. Um, right. The group as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, man, just, it, it, this is the first time in a while that we've had this many options and this many different looks on offense, at least from, from, you know, this position group. So you could open up the season with um, DJ, Robbie, David, or Terrace with uh, Trimble McCaffrey in the backfield and one of Dan Ian out there. It's a lot of fun. That's a lot. So that's tough to stop in the red zone. Yeah. And, and with that, I mean, you, 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 you've got the slashes there that, that you just interchange and keep somebody fresh all game long. The, like the you've got four receivers two tight ends three running backs that you're just i mean you can use them all over all over the place too yeah and, and you know that's something with with trimble and i've been screaming for the panthers to do this since we've gotten mccaffrey um and i was hoping that joe brady and them would would use it more last year but is using having four wide receivers, McCaffrey on the field and not substituting, going hurry up, tiring the defense out, not letting them sub because you're not subbing. And I think that I want to see more of that. I just, I just, I, I think we have the, the chess pieces in McCaffrey in a guy like Trimble that you, in a guy like Dan Arnold, even that you can, you can sub and move them around on the field and, and get different packages without substituting somebody, which what that allows you to do is not let the defense sub. So you can change them from, you know, they, they have to, you know, stay on the same on the field and the same personnel between a nickel or, you know, and then you go from rushing to, to, to four wide, you know, that's, it's it's such an advantage that I don't think we take advantage of enough, and we have the personnel, in my opinion, to do it. So do it. Yep. And one and one thing you mentioned, like Arnold, I think he is more than capable of lining up outside too, not just a tight end. Like just he's he's one of those. Some tight ends aren't aren't. That's just not their thing. But I think he is one that is very capable and and, and good at it. I mean, he's an athlete. So I know, Corey, we've been pounding the table for years about running more hurry up. I mean, you saw it, you know, with the previous regime, how a certain someone would get into a rhythm uh, pretty, pretty early when that would happen. And we'd go down, put up six, and then they would just go away from it for the rest of the game. So things that are frustrating. But I agree. Um, if you have the athletes, you have the talent out there, uh, put them out there, tire out the defense. Some, some things from the college game does work. We've seen that in the NFL. So that's one of the ones right there that I wish more teams would would utilize and some smart franchises actually do they don't do it the entire game but they do it in spurts uh, it's not just a one-time thing and that's it for the game but i would like to see that part of joe brady's offense uh 
translate a little bit more. And I think this year we're probably going to see what a Joe Brady offense actually looks like with a competent quarterback uh, back there. At least, you know, ones that are willing to take a shot down the field, um, move the pocket a little bit, not just panic after two seconds and, you know, get rid of the ball or throw a check down on uh, third and eight. So we don't we don't practice too many offenses a year. That was a problem last year. We didn't practice two minute offenses. We didn't practice red zone. Um, didn't really know if I wanted to reach the ball out over the goal line. I'm oh. trying to sneak it or, you know, what, what I'm supposed to do there. But hey, Denver fans are pretty confident that they're going to go at least nine and seven with Teddy as their starter. With Locke, they're just hoping for a, uh, a top 10 pick again. So somehow somebody make that make sense to me. If, if you Broncos fans, if you guys uh, didn't watch any highlights from last year, please go, go ahead. Tell me what, what I missed watching uh, 15 games of that bullshit last year. That's the only explanation for them to be excited about that is that or they're just secretly expecting to go like four and 13 with him and getting a great pick because he's like, their offense is not any better weapon wise than ours was last year. No, I mean, Cortland Sutton's back and you got Jerry Judy, but I mean, that's we, had it. Two, we had two receivers as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what there is. That's this humongous difference in Denver that you expect is going to change Teddy Bridgewater. So Teddy Bridgewater is what he is. A, a backup quarterback. Yeah, anybody who thinks anything different is just grasping at straws and seeing something that's not there. You would be better off going and figuring out what Sam Bradford's doing right now and signing him than starting with Teddy Bridgewater week one. <laughs> at least you're setting yourself up for a good draft pick at that point. <laughs> yeah. At least Drew Locke's entertaining. I mean, you can watch him on the sideline, you know, just be himself. Just give like I don't understand the move by them. Give Locke one more year and let's it's like just see what you and I know they think they've decided they don't like what they've got in him, but give him one more year because it's not like you're making a push with, with Teddy to do anything. So what's the point? I mean, thank you for taking him at, at the end of the day. We we uh obviously we've talked about this a lot, but anything you guys want to add as far as Sam goes, at least what what you would be um, or, or what you would like to see out of him in camp in preseason and um, I guess kind of expectations. Yeah. So, you know, again, just going back in preparation for this episode and looking at Sam's first three years in the NFL, um, you break it down to, we'll just go with the touchdown to interception. So year one, he had 17 touchdowns and 15 interceptions year two, 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. And then the awful 2020 campaign, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. You've got to fully see what happens when Adam Gase runs a team. Um, we've said it ad nauseum. Again, this is the best situation Sam's ever been in. I think Sam knows that this is his job. This is his team. The staff's behind him, all right? He's set up to succeed. So projecting it forward with our offense, with our weapons, with the safety blanket that is Christian McCaffrey, um, I would project Sam and be happy with somewhere around 27 to 30 touchdowns um, and 
anywhere from 10 to 15 interceptions. I mean, that's, that's I, what I think is realistic. Um, and you hope that he beats that. You hope, you know, God knows I would love to see him come in and throw for 35 touchdowns or, you know, 40 touchdowns. But um, again, I'm just trying to temper my expectations a little bit and um, say with, with the guy, you know, because you look at those numbers and he's never started a full season. He's never finished a full season. He had 13, played 13 games in 2018, 13 games in 2019, and 12 games in 2020. So full season, I'd say 27 to 30 touchdowns and like I said, 10 to 15 interceptions. And I would look at that as a successful, successful campaign and be excited going forward. I think 28-15 uh, is what I had in my head, almost a two-to-one uh, ratio. I think you can probably be pretty happy about that, at least from what we've kind of experienced over the last couple of years. Um, and, and the good thing with us is, like, where he's heading into year four. I mean, this is yeah. – like, he could he could potentially, you know, have a breakout year and, you know, actually take that next step. And now you're looking at, did the Jets make a mistake? Because if Zach Wilson struggles this year, which he most likely will – um, not going to come in and be a miracle worker up there, even though some Jets fans I have seen think that they have the deepest wide receiver core in the league, which that is extremely laughable. Who said that? Oh, that's a that's a thing. When you get bored, hop on Twitter and, and just roll through that. They are they are adamant that they have <laughs> the, the deepest wide receiver group in the, the NFL. <laughs> I mean, what? what? Yeah, I, legitimately. Who do they have after Corey Davis? Uh, Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, um, and there's I'm missing somebody that is like pretty, like pretty up there. I can't. I gotta think pu- I gotta pull up their their depth chart now because I'm so that's just, by that. <laughs> yeah. I was too. I came across it this year, this this week, um, and it made me laugh. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even. I, I don't even know how to. How to just give that? me one second. I'm yeah. going up the depth so, chart. Some, I saw. Like, yeah. People call me a homer, but that's that's a new level. There's a couple that I saw that they thought that it was better than Buffalo's. They said who they have after Diggs. It's like oh Beasley is it, it, who just came off a thousand yard receipt. I mean season, but it was like oh there's nothing after Diggs. Crowder. Like not talking about Gabriel Davis. That's right. So that it's they've got their starting their starting receiving core is Corey Davis, Denzel Mim, Jamison Crowder. Um, they've got the backups. As they signed uh, Jacksonville's uh, Keelan, Keelan, Keelan Cole. Cole, Elijah Moore, and Vincent Smith as the backup core. Um, I mean, okay, sure. Deepest in, the, deepest in the league. Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, Vincent Smith, Keelan Cole, and Elijah Moore. With Barrios, they've got Barrios as wide receiver three on on one side. I don't. Twitter is a, a strange place, man. Strange place. These I'm are thoughts sure. out there. These are the people that are that are just trolling day in and day out, thinking that their team doesn't get the respect. But it's the New York Jets, and you're a shitty football team. And I'm sorry, no. Nope. Denzel Mims and Braxton Barrios are not scaring anybody. Keelan Cole is not scaring anybody. Well, Magic Man, Zach Wilson, man. We'll see. Hey, this is I want to see what the guy can do. Be 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 Patrick Mahomes out there that you want to be so bad. Yeah, well, welcome to the he gets a he gets a nice little welcome to the NFL week one. 
Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick have. If he makes it out of that game, it's gonna be it's gonna be a win for them. Yeah. With that offensive line versus our front seven, good luck. Yeah. Oh, and sneak preview, guys. Next episode, we are breaking down the defense. And boy, oh boy, I can't wait. Wes, are you still in awe at that uh, depth chart? I'm just, I'm getting lost in some clicking here at this depth hey, chart. This there's, is just, the, there's a lot of talent out there, so I mean, don't <laughs> don't, don't get too jealous. Yeah, sorry. We're on video here, and I'm the the faces I'm making just looking at this depth. I just got was scrolling through the the Jets depth the chart. Money, it's just the money line on the on the on the Jets Super Bowl. What's the payout? Oh God! Now I've got to look that up. Make a trip, make a trip to Vegas. <laughs> Hey, any chance that you get not to pay your uh, one, uh, excuse me, number one wide receiver threat, uh, you, you, you know, you don't take that. You let Robbie go, and because you have that much chance of pipeline, he, Robbie doesn't. Where does Robbie fit into that depth chart? I mean, let's be real, guys. He can't. Well, he's five or six. He, he, he's lucky to even make the roster at that point. The New York Jets in Vegas. Are plus twelve thousand five hundred to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> drop, drop some money on it right now. So the only worst teams are the Philadelphia Eagles. Are the same, which is interesting because they have their records. <laughs> the record is is better for the Eagles. How does that make sense? I don't know, but it uh, the Falcons are the same with this with a better record at four and twelve. They've got the Jets at two and fourteen. I think this was pre. Uh, Update updated schedule. Um, Bengals are plus fifteen thousand. The Detroit Lions are plus twenty five thousand, and the Houston Texans are plus thirty thousand. Wow, that's. But yes, plus twelve thousand five hundred. I mean, yeah, we're hey, plus eight. That we're plus eight thousand for what it's worth. Hey, sorry, as bad as I thought. You give me odds to make the playoffs, I'll put some money on it, but not not necessarily that. No, I'm not there yet, but sure, love to be surprised. Yeah, I mean, swinging it back around to what we're actually talking about. <laughs> I think, again, when we're talking about Sam, we're just giving you a baseline of, of what to hope for, and you hope that he surpasses it. And, you know, I think if the offensive line holds up, and it clicks for Sam offensively, you know, you could see a ceiling of, like I said, 35 TDs. And then at that point, we're definitely in the playoffs. If, if he's throwing 35 touchdowns, I think we're in the playoffs. No question about it. So. Is Will Greer on this roster? No. Leaving camp. Backup. No. I, 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 Will may be the, the training camp quarterback. I mean, not training, the, the practice squad quarterback, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't. He's going to have to have a hell of a preseason because you you look at some of what – and people I trust um, that were allowed to be at OTAs because it's so weird that, you know, they don't let them, like, talk about certain things in OTAs that have to do with OTAs. I don't, I don't understand that whole rule with the media and OTAs, but um, apparently Will Greer looked god-awful at OTAs. So. Where do you think that went wrong yet? Um, he really never got a uh, a full game under his belt uh, when he did come in, when we tried him out, and then he got hurt because our offensive line was terrible, and then Taylor Heineke got hurt, and then it became Kyle Allen. Um, 
Will, Will Greer, what he did at Florida and what he did at West Virginia um, was was great. I mean, he was it was air, air raid offense pretty much um, spread in, in in West Virginia. He was uh, one of the top prospects in that class. <laughs> I mean, don't ask Marty; he'll uh, he'll tell you something ridiculous. But where I mean, he's had spot 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 time playing. I mean, he really hasn't had a lot of preseason. Um, action he hasn't had any regular season action aside from two appearances i believe yeah. so where where did it go wrong i mean where where has it gone wrong i personally can't replay a will greer snap in my head right now to even try to formulate an opinion on this i mean but everything you read is negative and yeah. I, I just wonder it's like you know what's what's going on what 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 went went wrong is it developmental is it mental is it you know, he's just not that good. What do you, what do you think? I mean, take a look at any athlete that doesn't get opportunities for four years. I mean, at the end of the day, he was probably not quite as good as we, as people maybe thought he would be coming out of college. Um, but I mean, he's never had an opportunity to, to ever get that rhythm and, and get better in the NFL. He's just been an afterthought in, in an offense that didn't use him. And I mean, he didn't have the opportunity. So you, you don't get those opportunities for four years. You're going to, you're going to regress as a player. Yeah. I mean, he did start that one game against the Colts in runs last year. And mm-hmm. that, that, that offense was like, you know, everybody was hurt. I think I distinctly remember it was like a shell of itself from where we started. So yeah. Yeah, like Wesley said, I mean, or Wes said, you know, it's like you don't get – like I thought he should have started last year. That was my whole opinion. Screw Teddy. I wish we never would have brought him in. I wanted to see Will Greer go out there because we don't know. Like as fans, we're not at practice. We don't know what, what Will Greer is because we haven't seen him. Like, I mean – even in preseason, like he, I think I, I was always like, he's played a, a few drives and then it's to the third string. Like I never, like you never got to see Will Greer, like take over and get in like any sort of rhythm whatsoever. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I have no idea what Will Greer is because we we're, we're, we haven't seen him and I don't think we're going to see him. I, I think this is, Will's last training camp with us, and I just don't know even know what to say about this tenure because it's I I mean you see like again you have to take everything on social media with a grain of salt, but he seems to put in work in the off season. He's always with Christian McCaffrey. They're always throwing or, or doing stuff, and it, it's just it's just weird. I don't I don't know. Um, I'm not at practice, so I can't can't really say what what happens in practice or, or what he does. So. Very strange, very bizarre. Just one of those random draft picks that just head scratching. You know, you you look at the quarterback room, and I think the most likely scenario that happens is at least going into camp or during camp, whatever the case may be. I think um, they probably cut Will and they bring in a veteran who just is going to mentor Sam and PJ because I don't think you just roll with with just those two guys. So I think they probably look at, at somebody who is just ready to be clipboard Jesus and uh, kind of kind of mentor 
uh, Sam and PJ and, and help them grow. I think if they do cut Will, I think that that's probably the outcome that you can you can look to see something like that happen. What's the over-under that uh, Tommy Stevens takes the job? Uh, Tommy Stevens is no longer on this roster. What? Yeah, he got uh, he got put on waivers um, a couple weeks back, I believe, in OTAs. I completely missed that. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't see that either. There, there was something that he could potentially come back, but yeah, I was surprised by that. But he was playing mostly at tight ends uh, in OTAs, and I guess they saw that you know with Trimble and um, Arnold and Thomas ahead of him that it just wasn't going to happen. So the quarterback room is is Sam, PJ, and Will Greer. Yes. So I think that that's probably the scenario of, of cutting Will and bringing in a veteran. I don't really know who's out there, but, I mean, it, to me, that would be beneficial if they're ready to cut ties with Will and he just plays like shit. So I, I'm, I, I'm fine with PJ as the backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they roll with those three and, and Will is your, your practice squad guy and – you just they just roll with that. I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me. I don't stay inactive on game days. Yeah, and and the, I mean there aren't exactly great mentor, backup quarterbacks that are just looking to to jump around teams. Most of those guys stay stay put for the most part. They they stay with coaches and 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 players and and friends that they have. I, I just feel like that's a tough a tough find. I really don't even know any off the top of my head that are out there. Um, but I, I could see that that just being a move that, that ultimately happens um, if they do decide to cut ties with Will. Um, and we talked about it on previous podcasts, but that's something that really helped Cam, you know, having Derek there for all those years. And it was nice to have him, you know, at least somebody that we, that was familiar with the offense and, and knew the guys. But, I mean – DJ has potential to be one of the best backups in the league. I mean, we saw what he did against uh, Detroit last year. Uh, it looked better than Teddy did pretty much in any game. And that was still throwing, what, three uh, <laughs> interceptions in the in the end zone? I mean, can you imagine if he would have just not thrown those and they would have went to touchdowns? He would have had five on the day. <laughs> and it was a shutout of It's coming in cold, too. You know, I mean, that's coming in, like, off the bench. You know, like – I would have liked to have see how the season unfolded with PJ at that point going yeah. forward. Corey mentioned wanting to have Will as the starter. I wanted PJ to just run out there and just 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 take the reins. And see, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was more thinking like going into the season, really yeah. before we signed before we signed PJ, before we signed um, Teddy. Obviously, um, I just I wanted it to be turned over to Will Greer, and we either were going to go zero and sixteen and get the first pick or, you know, Will Greer was going to show that he was a good quarterback, one of the two. And I think it would have been – we would have been really bad. But at least we would see what he is because still you don't know what he is. Nope. Nobody knows what he is. I don't think NFL teams know what he is. So, you know, I feel for the guy because if he doesn't make it out of training camp, I don't know who's going to give him an opportunity because he has no film. So, I don't know. It's weird. But I do, before we, you know, we're, we're coming up on it, before we stop this conversation, I did want to talk about the running backs um, because I think that's a really, really fun group of guys. I mean, obviously, CMC, best running back in the NFL, we know he's going to get his. Um, first question, 
How many receptions do you think he gets this year? Are we talking 80 plus again? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've, I got, I've got a McCaffrey take. I'll, I'll, I mean, he's going to get a thousand, thousand again. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at what he did in just three games last year. Okay. Um, in three games, Christian McCaffrey had 59 attempts rushing for 225 yards and five touchdowns and receiving. He had through, and this was not even a full three games. He had 17 receptions for 149 yards and a touchdown. Dude's a machine. He's going to get his 80 receptions. Like Wes said, a thousand thousand. I think that's just his baseline. I mean, that's craziness, but uh, you know, that, that's what it is. Um, I would like to see some 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 time split between him and Chuba though. I'm excited about Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I've been watching just highlights for the past week about Chuba, and, and I really like what he brings to the table. And I think we we have an opportunity here to 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 not run Christian into the ground. So I don't know what that time split looks like. I don't know how they're gonna, how they're going to manage that, but. They need to manage it, and they need to get Chuba some touches because that kid, the kid, could be electric. Yeah, we're talking about the um, not this past season, but the season before. He was NCAA's leading rusher. I believe yeah, he, he broke Barry Sanders' um, single season record. I may be wrong on that um, the year before, but he did have a little bit of an ankle injury last year that we talked about um, in our uh, draft review. Um, I think you may see Reggie open up training camp as number two and then Chuba as the three, and then there'll just be a battle there for that position that ultimately Chuba probably um, wins. But at least Reggie, you had that versatility that he can kind of mimic some of the things that Christian does so well, um, being versatile, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, I mean, we've seen what he's, what he's done when he's, when he's gotten the game. I mean, you know, he usually, you know, at least will get you like three to four yards a carry. Um, and he's somebody who you can exploit mismatches, um, putting him out there in pass catching situations. This is what I'm saying, man. Like we just have a lot of different versatile options and a lot of different looks that you can, you can give teams. If you want to put, you know, Reggie and Christian split in the backfield um, just to add, you know, m- more mismatches with uh, linebackers on running backs, you can go for it. I mean, there's just so many different things. Joe Brady's got all the weapons in the world uh, this, this upcoming season. This is why I think this is probably his last year here because he's going to have a lot of eyes on him that he already did before this, but seeing uh, an offense that's going to take that next step, hopefully I don't think there's a way that he comes back. And I hope that we are at least thinking um, of decisions to replace him, whether it be in-house or um, moving forward, somebody who can, can at least bring a version of his offense in potentially down the road. I think that the next OC is on the roster. It's the, um, the quarterbacks coach, the guy from the lines. I forget his name. Um, Ryan is his last name. Um, I can't remember his first name. He was Deshaun's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stafford and Deshaun, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's the. I think that's they brought him in, and because I think they know that Joe Brady's gone, either this year probably. So yeah, I think that's the guy. But uh, I hope you know Sam takes a step forward. Brady takes a step forward. And we can make a seamless transition if and when that does come. So I think that that's why we're talking about this, but I think playoffs is a realistic expectation. If these things happen, which I think that they do and they should, 
at this point is that you should be right there contending for that, that last um, wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if I'm looking at the division, obviously we're not, the bucks are going to be, I think ridiculous. They brought back 22 starters and most of their two deep is back. And they signed AB, re-signed him and he's got a full off season, man. That's, Barring some crazy injury to Brady or something like that, I think the Bucks are going to be right back there where they were last year. So we're competing with New Orleans and um, Atlanta for the two spot and a wild card. And you just got to hope that we stay healthy. Um, you got to hope that we get some bounces our way because those, I mean, you look at statistics, okay? Statistics. And this is like statistical, you know, everything regresses and progresses. So we lost eight games by one score or less. And most of those games were like, you're not going to do that two years in a row unless you just completely fall off the face of the planet. So I think we win some of those games this year, those, those 50, 50 games, those last drive games. And so, um, you know, cause I don't think we're regressing. I don't know what some of these I've seen these crazy rankings this is ranking season around the national media and you know we got worse i don't i don't understand how anybody who looks at our roster objectively thinks we got worse in any way and that's objective like I, we we got better in every aspect of the roster every single one so i don't i don't know why people think we're going to regress we're not going to regress and if like i said if everybody stays healthy we get some some bounces that go our way this year. I think the wild card is a real, real possibility. And that's not just me being a homer. Uh, that's looking at everything objectively. And you look at our first half of the season, we've got a chance to start out really, really, really strong with that with that schedule when we need to, because that second half of the schedule is a murderer's row. So I'll say this. Regress from what? Right. <laughs> it's the same it's the same people that thought that we did teddy wrong last year i mean that's that's what it is i mean you look around people really think that did you didn't watch you didn't watch film but um i'll throw my my running back room thoughts out there obviously christian won um but i think he's gonna play more slot than than he has ever i and i kind of hope that's the case i think in that instance you'll see chuba um, come in and play running back. But I think Reggie is the bona fide backup because of the, the I think he'll, that all around mimicking um, CMC's game, like you talked about. But I think when we go like two headed monster with, with two running backs with, with McCaffrey split out, I, I think we'll see some, a lot of Chuba in that. And, and we talked about the hurry up. I'd love to see um, our top three receivers with DJ Robbie and whoever wins three with, um, McCaffrey split out as the other slot and, and Chuba in the backfield running some hurry up. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch and the things that you could do with that um, would be really fun. Or even Arnold and, and you have Arnold and McCaffrey as your two slots um, in that four wide hurry up. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So I think that's how the, the running back situation shakes out. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree 100%. I don't think Reggie's done anything but show he can play. You know, so he unfortunately got hurt last year. I mean, we were running all like our we 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 were running like a converted DB at running back and yeah. at, 
most years. So um, we just, man, NFL, it's, it's, it's just about health, man. It's like, can you stay healthy? Can you get lucky enough to not have the injury bug affect you? And you know, there's going to be injuries, but we, we have a nice depth now. And that's the first time that I think we can say that in a while. I mean, I think we have depth at pretty much every position aside from linebacker, which, again, we're going to talk about next week. So um, it's exciting. Uh, I, I, I know last year I was really excited for the offense, and I think I got a little overly excited for what it, you know, what, what the reality was, but I can't help but just be overly excited for the offense again this year. Uh, I, I think you're like Matt. Matt said it perfectly. I think that you're going to get to see what Joe Brady's offense really, really looks like with a guy who's willing to to sling it. Somebody who's not timid in the pocket. So I just I, 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 I'm beating a dead horse here, but man, I'm just excited. I'm ready for this fucking season to start. Man. I, I got a question. I wanted to ask you guys: Who's going to lead in receiving touchdowns? Ooh, that's such a good one. Um, I've got I my think, guy. I think it's Robbie. Um, I think you've already got the rapport with Sam. Um, I think I, I think Robbie. I don't know. I, I think that they know they're going to pay DJ and that Robbie's going to be gone. So I hope it doesn't turn into a situation where he's sour and we start having like distractions. But I think it's going to be Robbie. Um, I don't want to be labeled a DJ hater, but I just I th- if, if if there was ever a time it was last year for him to have a quote unquote breakout ten plus touchdown year and it didn't happen. So without you know Teddy again, so we'll see. But yeah, my my guys my guys Robbie. And and on to to further on DJ DJ's great. Um, I think my thoughts on on who. I wanted to pick to extend has been known. Um, (laughs) And, and it was, it's not, it wasn't DJ, even though that's where we're, where we're headed. Um, Going to miss Curtis. Uh, I don't think DJ is that get you in the end zone guy. He's going to, he'll put up the yards, the catches. um, But I I, I do not think he's that. I am going to go with Terrace to lead us in receiving touchdowns this year. You were on that. You're on that terrace breakout wagon for sure. And and I I I think I think he's gonna have a great year. I really really do. And I, maybe I'm overstating the the Joe Brady connection there in my head. But I just I think he's going to end up. People are gonna look at that pick and be like, "Wow, they got a steal." Well, you know what? I really hope so because with all these rumors that the Saints were trying, that we're so pissed about us taking him and getting up and taking him, then any way I can give a fuck you to that organization down there in New Orleans, that would be, that would be really tight. And, uh, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. I think the touchdown distribution will be very spread out. It's not like he's going to run away with it or anything. I think it, I mean, Arnold's going to have a bunch. Robbie's going to have a bunch. Christian's even going to have a bunch of receiving ones. I think, um, I, I think it'll be very spread out. DJ will have a few. Ian will have a few if he's the tight end too, and even Trimble. So I, it's not like somebody's going to have 
15 of, of Sam's 30. I don't, I don't see that playing out at all. I just think that it's more so making a statement that I think Terrace is going to be a big factor down in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, just follow the trend of LSU wide receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson, you know, yep. bald. So I, yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I dislike about Terrace is the number he picked. I wish he would pick something else. But yeah, it is what it is. It's it, either, I, I, just, I just, I don't, number one, I don't think it looks good on a wide receiver to begin with. I, I, I would much rather him pick something else, but then you got throw Greg in there and it's just like, I don't know how I, long you keep that number, dude. Probably only a couple of years, but I think I think I wanted an '88 Terrace jersey. I, I think I've convinced convinced myself already. That would be that would be really tight. You know, I mean, I hope I hope I hope that he you know, demands that job. He steps up in camp and early in the season and says, "This shit's my job," and you know, you drafted me for a reason, and I'm, if, I'm taking his job. So, if the ankle's right, I think he does it. Two things. Um, I'll play devil's advocate, but DJ Moore, the most touchdowns he's had in a season is four. He has 10 touchdowns for his career. That's just insane. Dude. Like, think about that. That that's that's somebody who's been top five in the league in yards the last two seasons. Yeah. I mean, so, just further drives home my point is he's gonna get he's gonna get you those yards and catches, but he's not that get in the end zone guy. And that's fine. I mean, Julio's got that same kind of um mantra around him that people think he struggles to get in the end zone. I don't think it's him. I think it's the offense that he was in, but. With, with Julio, it's just that they always would double team him. So that left Ridley wide open. So anybody in Atlanta expecting Calvin Ridley to come out and have 1200 yards against probably mistaken because now he's not going to get, you know, those mismatches. Um, but I will say anytime that Atlanta got in the red zone, Matt Ryan just did not look Julio's way. It was just like, Oh, I'm going to go to, you know, Hayden Hurst or they're going to run the ball or he'll throw it to, uh, you know, their, their number three guy. Um, but I think it, it, that's what you have to see at a DJ um, either this year or, well, yeah. I mean, you probably need to see it this year um, to pay him, you know, the money that he's going to want. You need to see him, you know, get those touchdowns again more. And, you know, maybe Sam's his guy and it helps him out. And maybe they, you know, start to have, uh, you know, 30 and 40 yard touchdowns. Um, this year, which DJ's been, always been good for the long, uh, the long plays, but those long plays have never turned into the long touchdowns. So, I mean, he has 10, 10 touchdowns for his career. I mean, we're talking about a, a guy who is a number one receiver who gets overlooked a lot um, when it comes to, you know, people talking about the best receivers in the league. So um, I think that that's probably what you need to see out of him. So I, I, I hope that he makes that jump. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I like the, the Terrace, um, take Wes and I think that you know we need somebody on the offensive side of the ball to be that that voice that that dog that um that that bring that attitude because we don't have that on that side of the ball and we didn't have it this past year you can kind of see like what what happened and it's like you look around it's like well who's gonna be that guy well it's not gonna be Robbie because Robbie's you know not outspoken like that DJ really hasn't been Sam's doesn't seem like he's that guy. Um, Christian's not. So it's like, where do, where do you look? Is it going to be, you know, Dan Arnold? Is it going to be, you know, Ian? Is it? It's is not it, Ian. Ian's quiet. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, that's what I'm saying. So is it, it's, is, is Terrace going to be that guy that, you know, makes that jump, makes that leap and is, is kind of that, that voice, uh, you know, even as a rookie. 
I mean, this is a young team, so they, that shouldn't that shouldn't matter. But we we definitely need that because we have that on the defensive side of the ball. And since uh, number one's been gone, we haven't had that on the offensive side of the ball, and it's affected the energy tremendously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's such a good point and such a valid point. Like, there's who is the alpha? Because I mean, obviously Christian Caffrey is a, a freaking freak of nature, but he's quiet, man. Quiet. He's humble. He doesn't talk. I mean, seems like that's the theme of our offense is just quiet dudes. And I really, like, I don't know who, I don't know who steps up and, and, and fills that role. You, you hope that Sam says, Hey, this is my team. I'm going to step up and do that. And you'd like to see that from him. But like, I'm just not sure that's in his personality to be that way. So um, I really, you've got me, you've got me really stoked for Terrace. I think I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope that that like, we need that, man. We need that dog. Like we had Smitty, that, that dude. And then we had Cam obviously. So who is it? It, As excited as I was for, for the JC pick, I've, I think I'm even more excited for the Terrace pick. Just I'm an offensive minded guy to begin with so that I'm I'm, I'm always going to lean that way. But there's nothing but a bunch of damn dogs. That's all the defense is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, we'll get on, we'll talk about that next, next pod, but I, I am really excited for Terrace. And I, I think the talent is just through the roof there. Um, and, and so, okay. One more hypothetical before we, before we leave on this receiver side. So DJ, DJ doesn't take that step forward and does pretty much the same as what he's done. And Robbie does have that breakout season. Uh, does have that great season because of his rapport with Sam. What do you do? I think you 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 have to find a way to pay both. Uh, ideally, like ideally, that's that's what you have to figure out a way to do. Um, I don't see them letting DJ go because when you let a receiver of his you know stature, age, all of that with no injury history, um, when you just let them walk, so. I think that for that case in point, um, you know, DJ gets paid. I mean, though they're fine with letting Robbie walk. I think they would try to work out something, you know, during the season, later in the season, next off season. But I mean, I think you can probably prepare yourself that this is Robbie's last year here and Terrace moves in into that role. It's going to suck losing Curtis and Robbie in back-to-back years, which goes to show um, the talent that we did have and how we underperformed. But I just don't see a world where we just say, okay, DJ, you can just go and at at, at 25, you know, you can go and go play for somebody else. And we're just going to keep Robbie. I don't, I I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. That's, that's very tough for me because, you know, in my opinion, like, like Wes, what you, the scenario that you proposed, if it's more the same from DJ, I don't know how you justify paying him the money that, he's going to want for whatever reason in his mind that he thinks that he's going to deserve wide receiver one money, because that's not what you've been producing as and yards. You can say everything you want to me about yards and yards and yards and blah, 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 blah. blah. But if you're not making game changing touchdowns, game changing plays, you're not going to get paid as a wide receiver one. So in that scenario, I would pay Robbie because he deserves it. He's produced, he's, he's shown the ability to, in this high 
hypothetical scenario where Robbie busts out that he 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 wants to be here, he likes Matt Rule, uh, and he, he's producing. You pay your number one guy, and then you offer DJ a a deal that's consistent with the level of production that he's produced. And if he decides that that's not what he wants, then okay, man. I mean, good luck to you, but you know, you, I just paying DJ wide receiver one money would be more of the same shit that we've bitched about Marty doing for the past however long. Okay. You're, 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 you're paying guys because you drafted them or, you know, you're paying guys because of where they were drafted and, and all that. Like, no, man, you, you got to produce. And until you show me that you're going to produce at a wide receiver one level, then you're not going to get paid as a wide receiver one. And that's the way I would do it. So, I mean, if yeah. I, the only thing that makes me wary of paying Robbie is with speed being such a thing with him age. Um, yeah. he, and, and so I, I don't want to pay in that situation. I'd try and get both um, maybe to a little shorter of a deal than, than both would like. Um, Cause Robbie is obviously aging and DJ didn't prove anything else. I would, I would try and get both. But at that point I would pay Robbie the smaller deal than, than obviously what DJ would want and go try and find somebody else. I, I, it's tough to let DJ walk. Um, but if he doesn't take that step forward, I'm not sure that I want to pay him what he, what he's going to want. And it's just, uh, I just keep, I'm going to forever be sour about Curtis leaving because I, I, I just, I, I think in my head, like for the money that you could have Curtis, you could have Terrace and you could have Robbie and then still probably afford someone else in that receiving core when, at the point of what you're going to end up having to pay DJ. And again, man, I, like, I don't want to be labeled as a DJ Moore hater. I don't hate DJ Moore. I, 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 I like him. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think that um, maybe I, I just don't, I don't know in what situation around the league where he is, what I think some fans in picture him as being this like, you know, 10 to 15 touchdown a year, like player. I, I, I don't, you, you pick a spot in the NFL that's different from the Panthers and tell me where he produces differently than what he's done, because I don't see it. Like, I mean, here, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one second. I mean, we know, we, it, it, yeah, no. And, and y'all, y'all both know how I feel about Robbie and how high I am on him. And Wes, I think me and you've had this conversation before where uh, I've told you that Robbie's probably my, my preference. Um, but just, some, I'm going to go real quick, three questions here. Um, the first one's going to be pretty obvious. Who had more catches last year, Robbie or DJ? DJ. More, more catches last year. Hold on, hold on. Was it DJ? Or was no. it Robbie? So, Seriously? so listen. So here we go. I'm gonna throw this out here. So Robbie had 29 more catches last year. Robbie had 29. Without looking, I, I snap thought DJ. I legitimately okay. thought DJ. So, okay. so who who had more yards? Robbie. No, I'm gonna go DJ. Yeah. DJ, yeah, DJ had more yards. Who had more touchdowns? Robbie. Huh? Robbie. DJ had four. Robbie had three. Ah oh, shit. Because. Robbie. 
Okay, so that, that's thrown out there. So uh, with everything we've just said, Robbie had more catches. Robbie had more opportunities. He had 29 more catches and still didn't have, um, you know, an, enough I mean, more yards than DJ. And Robbie's supposed to be that guy that stretches the field. And now, albeit last year, he wasn't used in that role and didn't have the quarterback for it. But th- I remember specifically Robbie was held to one touchdown for a good amount of the, the first half of the season, and it came on that the opening game where he um, – the Raiders – yeah, the Raiders corner bit on the ball and he had the wide open long touchdown. So with that said, though, if DJ takes that jump, I mean, he had 66 receptions last year for almost 1,200 yards and only four touchdowns. So, yeah, I know like our passing game was dog shit last year. And you can see why when your number one and number two receivers have four touchdowns and three touchdowns, respectively. I mean, Curtis um, was the guy who benefited most from that. So with what I just said in mind now, and maybe it's recency bias or, or whatever. Um, you know, does, that, does that change your, your thought on anything? I mean, if DJ takes that jump and he becomes a guy who has 10 touchdowns this uh, upcoming year and still keeps a 1,000-yard season, you have to pay him. I don't think with all the weapons we have that he takes that jump to 10 touchdowns. I, I think it's going to be so spread out that he's not even going to have the opportunity to. He, he may still have the, the, the 60-some catches for 1,200 yards, but I just don't see the touchdown production – getting significantly higher to say no i am the guy the frustrating thing last year was that we had robbie and dj and you saw what they were doing week in and week out but the beneficiaries were mike davis and curtis samuel so this is what i'm saying like the missed opportunities that are out there and like how people should be excited about this upcoming season on offense is that when you're number one and number two guys only had seven touchdowns and your all pro running back was hurt from the majority of the season i'm trying to tell you like sam is gonna have a, a big year if everything stays fine like there's he has very little that he needs to do. He just, like I said, does not need to shit the bed and throw those five-yard passes and get rid of the ball in two seconds. If if something happens here where Christian stays healthy, DJ stays healthy, and Robbie stays healthy all year, your, your expectations for this offense should be pretty high because there is a lot of room for growth, at least in the red zone out of this group. Uh, I just don't know of any other, you know, prolific offenses where your number one and number two receivers combined for seven touchdowns, but they also have over 2000 yards receiving combined. Yeah. I mean, Matt, that's you. I mean, you absolutely killed that point. I mean, at, I mean that was great. Um, it was really eye opening. I, I shows you, I, I guess I didn't prepare enough for the research, but that's, that's insane to me. And I think you're hitting the nail right on the head. I think it's a combination of what both of you have said is just, is, is, is spot on. I mean, the opportunity, the opportunity for growth is so huge, so huge. And I think if Sam is that guy, can be the guy, man, I mean, you're looking at, like I said, 35 to 40 touchdown opportunity we're, we're, we're in. And I think it all comes down to who establishes that they are Sam's guy. Like, you know, all these quarterbacks, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Kelsey, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers has Devontae. Who has that? It's me and you, and I'm you're my go-to guy when I need it. Like, who steps up and says, I'm that dude? And I think I need to be comfortable going forward and paying DJ. I need DJ to say, I'm that dude, man. Like, this is my team. Like, I've been here 
I think he's getting up there as being the old one of the oldest guys, at least weapon wise, that's been on the team the longest. So you need to step up, DJ, and say like, this is my team. Sam, I'm your guy, you know, and and establish that for me to be comfortable paying him as the number one. He needs to say, take that step forward and be like, yo. No, I'm the guy here. This is my room. This is my team. This is my offense. Throw me the ball. I need that from him before I'm comfortable paying him wide receiver one money. Right. And, you know, who who knows who that guy's gonna be? Like, like it could be Terrace, it could be Dan Arnold for all we know. I don't, you know, who knows? I think whoever it is is gonna you're gonna see that significant touchdown level over the rest of them, you know. Yeah, we're in agreement there. And that's one of the things, obviously, you know, besides from, you know, Smitty being Smitty and Moose being Moose, I mean, that's why that worked so well because they were both dogs um, and they wanted the football when it mattered most. Like they they were some dogs out there uh, lining up at receiver. And that's what, you know, people talk about how great Jake was. And yeah, he he really was before, you know, the the, the arm issue. But when you have two guys that say, hey, I want the ball and I'm going to go up there and make the play when it matters, that's what DJ and Robbie can be for Sam. And, and a, I think a lot of people have lowered their expectations for Sam just because of how the New York situation went. But when you put dog shit around somebody, it doesn't matter who – like it doesn't matter like who they are or how great they are. I mean, look at you know Cam, for example. I mean, you know, he had a different dynamic than Sam, you know, being able to use his leg and being, you know, six foot – five and could run linebackers over and run a four, three Um, But we, you got to remember this, this guy was the number three pick in the draft. Um, and was taken before Josh Allen, you know, who everybody's high on taken before Lamar Jackson. Um, so, it's, you know, your expectations shouldn't lower, you know, you should hold him to that standard because if Sam has a breakout year, guess what franchise quarterbacks taken care of for the next 10 years. So, you, you have a young offense, you have a young defense. So suddenly all those pressing issues that we've had over and over, you know, they're gone now and we can just focus all of our attention on building this offensive line over the next year. And I think that's, that's where you see, you know, sustained success that Tepper and everybody has been preaching. I think that's where you see it start to unfold and start to see that kind of take shape because the rest of the division's getting older. Tampa's going to be done here in a year or two um, when Brady hangs it up. You know, we're going to see that 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 switch in New Orleans uh, start to happen here. You know, if Jameis' season doesn't go well, Atlanta's a mess, um, you know, and that and their run's ending. So, we're I mean, we're going to be in a good situation here. Like I said, if Sam takes that jump, then we're – I mean, we're looking at, you know, a, a nice long run of contending for the division and being in the playoffs year in, year out. And with the offense, like I said, one of the guys need to take a jump, whether it's Robbie, whether it's DJ, uh, or both. I would love to see both of them have a, like, you know, eight touchdowns apiece, but I don't know realistically that's probably not possible with what we've talked about with how spread out they're going to be. So um, I'm, I'm just really excited when it comes to the, with the offense. Um, I guess optimistic is the, is the word um, defensively. I think that we're taking that next step and we're going to be, you know, a, a top 10 defense in the league uh, and maybe even a top five, potentially if everything works how it should. So that's a, those are that's my uh, my closing rant there. Um, anything you guys want to add um, as we wrap up this episode um, on the offense? Yeah, I mean, just seconding everything that you said. I mean, that, that was great. Optimistic is the word, the perfect word for the offensive side of the ball. Um, 
The only thing I will say is going forward into training camp, um, who there's going to be one of these like training camp MVPs that everybody wants to keep and thinks is the next best <laughs> unkept secret on the team. I can't wait to see who that is. That's going to be fun. This is a fun time of the year, man. Um, we're right around the corner from preseason starting. And I know some people think preseason's boring. I love preseason. Like I think preseason's fun. I, I like to watch these games and, and see these guys out there trying to compete for, for spots, if not on our roster, on other rosters. So I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for the joint practices. And um, I'm, I'm really going to try to go to that Ravens joint practice. Um, so, yeah, man, we're, we're almost there, guys. And I hope and pray and whatever that Sam is that guy because, man, what an opportunity. He, he has this beautiful opportunity to make himself a lot of money and to, you know, endear himself in the hearts and minds of Panthers fans across the nation. All he's got to do is reach out, freaking grab it, and it'll be a lot of fun for the next few years. Yep. Um, I'll add that I think the training my, – my pick for training camp, darling, I think I've said it before, is Sha Smith. I think, I think he'll – That makes too much sense. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think everybody will be like, that's our slot right there. And just, just from what he's doing in training camp, because receivers are always going to take days off and, and you're always going to see those. And, and, and it's, it's been a receiver a lot of times in the past too. That's just, it just, that position is just one that ends up a lot of people just see some great catches, some, some great film. That's, that's what you see. Um, Remember Brandon Weger? I love that dude, man. I don't remember the name for some white reason. Back that the the white dude that played running back in the 2015 year, he had like, yeah, he, he went for like a buck a buck thirty and had the yeah he led the game winning drive down the field yeah. against the Buffalo. It may have been, um, but yeah. I was really hopeful for him. Man, yeah. we uh, yeah, that guy was a beast. And then the Colts signed him, and then I guess he he kind of fizzled out after. But um, that's that's the thing, man. Like I remember. Like me and you were very high on David Geddes. And obviously, like his rookie year, you know, he he balled out and got hurt that offseason. But even when he came back, like I mean, he was putting up like 150 yards in the preseason and the guy didn't ever drop anything. I was like, all right, man, this it's gonna get back on track. And then unfortunately, like it didn't happen. But you know, those things like there, I mean, it's that's 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 the stuff you want to see. That's that's the fun stuff you can see. Like, you know, it shows how good some of these guys are. You know, because they can, you know, have those hundred yard games in preseason, you know, with backup quarterbacks throwing to them. But like, it just shows you that the, the talent level that these guys have. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, the offensive line is, is I think the most important piece to all this. Cause I think if, if it's good, then, then Sam can be good. Um, we talked about the inter- the touchdown interception rate. I think if Sam is in that two to one range, we're a fringe playoff team. We're right there. I think as he gets higher above that and, and I mean, hell approaches three to one, I think, I think we're a lock at that point for that wild card spot. The division's going to be tough, but um, I mean, you talked about it, the, the, the ceiling could be somewhere in that 35 range. I mean, if he goes out there and throws 36 and 12, something like that, I mean, you're looking, that offense is, is humming with that defense. But I mean, if you're more in that 25 to 25 to 30, uh, with 15 interceptions, I think you're you're probably struggling a little bit more on offense than you'd like. Um, 
but the defense may be able to 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 secure us that that wild card spot. Yeah, and you know, I think also, you know, you do have to add the extra game scenario in this season. So those stats should like level off a little bit. And I really, I'm really, I'm really, really, really hopeful for that 35 to 40 range. I mean, he's he's got the weapons to do it if the line can protect him. It's there. It is there. I'm uh, really excited about week one. You know, Sam's going to have a chip on his shoulder with uh, New York coming back to town. And hopefully that that uh, that tone's set pretty high. Hopefully uh, the team wants to go out there and win that one for Sam and, and uh, have, have his tenure here in Carolina be off to a great start. And hopefully the season be off to a great start. Um, we got preseason uh, and training camp right around the corner. So uh, those will be started here in the next week and a half. Uh, join us back next week as we're going to talk the defensive side of the ball and how excited we are about this defensive uh, unit. Um, that, like I said, I'm, I just mentioned, I, I'm hopeful that it'll be top five, but every expectation that I have, this unit should not be anything outside the top 10. Um, just with the, the versatility that we have, the, the group that we have, and just the the leader and, and energy um, that we have on that side of the ball. So uh, join us next week as we uh, we break down the, the defense. Um, so uh, thanks to you guys for listening. Um, shoot us an email if there's anything you guys questions that you have or anything you want us to, to hit on next week. Um, and we'll be back with you guys uh, next Monday, uh, most likely. So um, if you're not following us on social media platforms, I don't know what you're doing. We see who listens. Yeah, I'm like the followers just don't match up. So go to Instagram, go to Twitter if you have one. Follow us, 704 Cast. And as always, rate us, helps us out a lot. Like us, share us with friends, share us with family members, share us with anybody who you know that either likes the foot likes the Carolina Panthers, likes football. Just you know, share us. We want to reach as many people as we can. Um, yeah. It's a shout. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll add is that we will be doing an episode from training camp at some point. Don't know what day, um, just whatever we can make happen with our schedules. And also it's a great time for you to uh, spread uh, the word about us because here in the coming weeks before preseason, we'll be giving away uh, two tickets to a preseason game. Not sure which one that'll be yet, uh, but definitely we'll, uh, we'll release on our social media uh, the rules to enter that. And we'll uh, we'll do a drawing there as well. So hopefully you guys can uh, be on the lookout for that in the coming weeks. Um, but Wes, any closing remarks before we get out here? Uh, just excited for the season. Um, excited for the the potential of the offense. Yeah, I think that's uh, as everybody should be. So um, once again, guys, uh, we are wrapping it up. Corey, Wes, Matt, uh, thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back next week. Later.